Welcome to WKTY Outdoors. I'm Kevin Millard. Thank you very much for joining me on the program this morning. Hope you're having a uh, a good morning here. No, I'm not uh, too, too bad anyway. Oh, goodness. Well, certainly uh, winter is making itself uh, felt. There's no doubt about that. Oh, my goodness. Gracious here. Oh, before we get uh, going too much further here, I want to let you know that WKTY Outdoors is brought to you by Tony Ryerson at tryerson.cbrivervalley.com. Get the home or plot of land you've always wanted. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, the streets, uh, at least in, in La Crosse here coming down, uh, I live on the south side, so, you know, coming down, even the main streets were a little, uh, a little slick here and there. Not, uh, not the greatest this morning. And I can only kind of imagine what the the rest of the roads were like. Uh, probably in about the same condition, I think, in in a lot of places. So, uh, again, if you if you're heading out this morning, please uh, please drive safe. Allow a little extra time. Um, I know. Well, at least as of uh, uh, early this morning, anyway. I was up in Minneapolis last night and made the uh, <clears throat> trip back from. Let's see, what time did I get out of Minneapolis? It was about, uh, boy, about 11.30 or so, I think, is when I left. So it was uh, an interesting drive. It didn't take as long as I thought it would, but there were a few uh, a few times when it was a little touch and go. But at least in Minnesota anyway, boy, uh, I, I think... Other than a few semis here and there, the uh, the bulk of the traffic that I saw was uh, was plow trucks. So certainly want to throw some kudos towards all the plow truck drivers, either side of the river for that matter. Or you know, doesn't uh, it doesn't matter? Those guys are uh, this is their time of the year where they're they're doing a lot of work. So I give them. Uh, a lot of credit because their their hours are not the greatest in the world. Uh, not when we get uh, not when we get nasty weather uh, like this. And my brother in law did it for years and years here for the county, and so I, I kind of have a little idea of what I mean. Just they give up a lot, so give them some love if you're out on the road there, and give them a break and let them do their job because they're. They're doing some tough work in uh, not the greatest of conditions, but but yeah, there were 
plenty of plow trucks anyway. And it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't bad. Like I said, there were a few spots where it was uh, pretty snow covered, but on the whole, at least there was one good lane anyway that it, it, it wasn't uh, wasn't too bad. Unfortunately, there just was not a lot of traffic on the on the road last night. So, I, but. It was uh, it, it was interesting to say the least, and actually I was I, I was kind of surprised there weren't I didn't see anybody, you know, or any vehicles that had slid off the road or anything, and so maybe that means that at least last night and this morning anyway, there aren't stupid people on the roads because <laughs> you get those every once in a while when it gets to be like this. It's like. Uh, you're doing 40 and it's like, oh, hey, you know, I have a four wheel drive truck. I can be, I can drive 60. And then you see them several miles down the road in the ditch and it's like, okay, well, anyhow, enough of the weather. Let's, uh, let's talk a little outdoors action here because goodness gracious, it's, uh, it is opening weekend here for deer hunting in Wisconsin. Well, gun deer season anyway, and certainly a lot of, Traditions getting uh, continued here, and maybe a few getting started here and there. And certainly want to wish the best to all the hunters who are uh, headed out uh, in the woods today or already out in the woods. Maybe if you're lucky, you're already, uh, you know, you're listening to the show here and, and you've already got your deer, you're back, and you go back to bed for a little while. <laughs> but... I'm thinking that's maybe not necessarily going to be the case, but certainly want to wish uh, everyone uh, um, a safe hunt, a good hunt, and uh, you know the main thing is is that everybody gets back safe and sound, and so by all means uh, enjoy yourself in the woods. Bundle up this morning. You're gonna uh, you're gonna need it, no doubt about it. I'm, although I'm sure most. Uh, most hunters, and, and I'm not a hunter. I, I will readily admit that. Um, I'm sure, they probably are at least appreciating uh, this. You know, I don't know. It doesn't. I don't know how much snow we got here. I guess it kind of depends. Some places it sure looked like it didn't do much of anything, and other places like, hmm. but inch or two here and there. I'm sure that uh, will uh, will help the hunters anyway. So again, best of luck to everybody who's uh, who's headed out this weekend, and I'm sure that uh, in the next few days, certainly today and tomorrow, anyway, we're going to see a lot of uh, a lot of vehicles driving around with uh, deer in the back end or in the uh, with the tailgate down and a deer here and there. So again, good luck to you if you're having a Hope it's a successful hunt for you, and and you get to continue some of those uh, those fun family traditions that are really really neat to see. And uh, the only other kind of and and I think it, it it's maybe a little bit just because of you know this is a special time of year that uh, you know people get together and and go out and hunt and family friends. You know, you get kids involved and get them started in the tradition, and uh, you know that's uh, that's good stuff. That's uh, 
That's good. And, and the only thing I can compare it to, it, you know, you can go fishing any time of the year. Um, and, and I certainly, when I'm out anyway, I see my share of um, mom and dads and kids and, you know, or dad and the kids or mom and the kids and combinations thereof. You know, you can do that every, you know, you can do that every day of the, you know, every day of the week. Your hunting is a little bit special. So, and for the most part, at least for, you know, you know, for fishing, you don't have to wear blaze orange. I suppose you could for fishing, but it, it seems a bit, it, 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 it seems a bit much. But <laughs> I did see a few boats out yesterday. Uh, on my uh, drive up to Minneapolis, just kind of along the river there, there were a, there were a few out there. Didn't uh, didn't expect to see an awful lot, but <clears throat> there were a couple. And, and, and you know, as far as the the fishing goes, uh, don't really have a huge um, hot spot to point you to right now. Um, I don't know if. It, it, it's a little hard to kind of want to recommend going out and fishing when the weather is like this. It might not be bad later today, and, and certainly I think it'll be a little bit nicer tomorrow. Um, but yeah, the fishing is is okay um, pretty much across the board here. Uh, walleye is you know, doing okay. Um, you can find them, you know, up around, the, and they're migrating up towards the dams and looking for their wintering spots and, uh, places along those lines, looking for some of those back channels and uh, places along those lines. Same for the uh, the panfish as well. Um, well, that's I think maybe slowing down just a, a little bit at the moment here, just because of the uh, the water temperatures. And I'll touch base on those in a moment here. But um, yeah, walleye and sauger, yeah, fair is maybe a good way to put it. You know. But you know you can still catch them. You know, uh, jigging a minnow right now will uh, will do the trick, and and you certainly don't need to do anything fancy. And and the nice part about it is anyway is that uh, um, the uh, the flow is down. Um, and I went looking for it here this morning here, and um, you know it's uh, it's not bad. And you know water temperatures. Pretty much uh, across the board, 35, 36, mid six or mid fifty or mid thirties. Let's try that. Um, and the water level has come down. It's at about uh, six and three quarters feet right now, and we'll continue a, a slow drop. Um, so I think you know, it, and we're looking at a little nice weather here next week. I think uh, um, it won't uh, won't be bad to get out there next week when we get some of this uh, decent weather. Um, a little later in the week, maybe uh, instead of doing some Black Friday shopping, maybe do some uh, black crappie fishing. That yeah. seems like a little more. <laughs> that seems like a little more fun than fighting crowds at the store. But that's just uh, that's just me, maybe, and maybe you as well. But um, no, and, and the bass bite is is okay. Uh, again. You're looking uh, off the main channel. Um, you're looking for, you know, some kind of cover, tree cover, what have you. Um, it's uh, it's not bad. 
crappies uh, as well. I'm just going to back up. Uh, if you, you want to go fishing for crappies again, just uh, some minnows and a, a jig will uh, will work well. Um, perch bite is, is starting to eh, pick up just a little bit. Um, again, minnows would be your, your bait of choice there. Um, looking along weed edges and places along those lines. Uh, where maybe there's just a degree or two warmer water with some deeper water adjacent to it. Kind of what I've been talking, I, I guess I talked about that a little bit uh, uh, last week as well. And so um, that hasn't changed an awful lot. About the only thing that's changed is just the water level has gone down a little bit. So, But uh, you've got that uh, as well. Um the other thing too, and just uh, decided to, to uh, it, this. It's a couple days old anyway, but I don't think it's maybe changed an awful lot, other than that there's a little snow on the ground now. Um, checking the the report from the Driftless Angler, just a, a little uh, Iowa trout fishing. Uh, certainly, Wisconsin, Minnesota closed. Um, but if you want to maybe try that, uh, there's some great streams just down uh, uh, in. Northeast Iowa, not that far a drive from here. Um, and the nice thing is, uh, with at least fall, late fall slash winter trout fishing anyway, um, is that, you know, you don't need to be out there at the crack of dawn. So, um, and certainly we're going to be at least going into next week anyway and later next week, um, going to be in a great, great place. Uh says in the report here, typical rule of thumb is if it's 25 and sunny or 35 and cloudy, you'll have a shot at fish. I think we're in that ballpark. So, you're going to be doing some subsurface fishing, little beadhead nymphs, things along those lines. And most of the hatches are going to happen in that warmer part of the day. So, the middle of the day, going on into late afternoon, so I don't know if you really, maybe like 11 to 3, 10 to 3 in that uh, in that neck of the woods, um, 10 to 2, you know, so you got a nice little window in there and not a bad uh, opportunity to uh, enjoy some trout fishing here in the winter and just be safe if you're going to be, <laughs> and that, that snow will be a little slippery. Walking down the banks there, so just uh, just be careful. Uh, and certainly, uh, uh, just going to touch on this uh, briefly here before hit break uh, is that you know now that we're seeing some some colder temperatures, uh, some sub freezing temperatures, that uh, starting to see some ice, and I'm sure it won't be too long here before we get the uh, ice fishermen out at least in this neck of the woods. I'm sure. Up north and uh, northern Minnesota, northern Wisconsin, that uh, I'm sure there's probably people out there already. But you know, give it a, a, a rest down here. Um, about, about four inches or so is the uh, sort of the minimum for uh, new clear ice, which is what we've uh, what we've got. So just uh, just be very very careful. Um, don't want to mess around with. I <laughs> I saw this from the Sparta Police Department here on their Facebook page here, where uh, 
They're saying if it's two inches or less, stay off. Four inches, ice fishing. Five inches for a snowmobile. Uh, Eight to 12 inches, car or small pickup. 12 to 15 inches for a medium truck. uh, And 100 plus inches for Godzilla. So, (laughs) um, if Godzilla is out ice fishing, uh, just let him go. Just just let him do his thing. And uh, that'll be a fishing story. Um, I think, although I think Godzilla is probably okay if, if the ice broke and he fell into the the water, I don't think that that might make him mad, but I think, doesn't he have the fire thing? You know, eh, probably okay. So he can dry himself off anyhow, but yeah, (laughs) be safe. If you're going to be, uh, uh, headed out, uh, certainly, and just don't, uh, don't mess around with the ice. Check in, uh, you know, with folks like Fat Cat uh, or other bait, sh- your your local bait shop, just to to check local conditions before you head out. You got to get bait anyway, so you might as well uh, at least ask. And um, but yeah, just to, just be really careful here. It's it's very early on here, and uh, we're certainly going to get some warmer temperatures later in the week. So I, you know, I have a healthy respect for ice. My one of my friend's kids fell through uh last winter fortunately it was uh in only waist deep water but mom was along and you know she freaked out and you know of course the kids all and he was a teenager he's a teenager so you know but even still it's like yeah don't want to mess around with that everything worked out everything was good but yeah you just don't want to mess around with it certainly not at this point of the year Got plenty of plenty of winter coming, so just uh, be patient here. Hey, I got to take a break. Coming back in just a couple of moments here. Uh, going to talk. Uh, I've got an interview that uh, I got the other day from uh, Jordan Weeks from the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources. Uh, there were a couple of uh, open houses meetings, what have you, in the the past week here, um, talking about proposed fishing regulations. I talked about this. It's been a while, but. Uh, proposed changes to, to bag limits and size limits uh, on the Mississippi to kind of uh, get a little more in line with uh, you know Wisconsin and Minnesota kind of coordinating everything and, and I guess equalizing the regulations. Uh, so it's not quite so confusing for folks. Uh, but I've got an interview here. We, we talk about different species and talk about the proposed changes, uh, things along those lines, uh, and we'll get into that. When, uh, when WKTY Outdoors continues in just a, a couple of moments here on WKTY, 96.7 FM, 580 AM. It's 827. When you see a house in your neighborhood with a for sale sign in the yard, out of curiosity, you look it up. You want to see what they're asking, what they're going for. Your neighbor's house could be one price, the house a few streets down another. So where does your house fall in line? Let Tony Ryerson of Coldwell Banker River Valley show you with a compared market analysis. It's a snapshot of homes in your neighborhood and those similar to what you have. Find out now if it's the right time to sell. Make the smart investment. Contact Tony at tryerson.cbrivervalley.com. It's that time of year again, and the fish are biting. 
So, where are you going to go to get your bait and fishing tackle? Well, I'll tell you where. Fat Cat Bait and Fishing Supply in Trempolo. They have everything you need to reel in that lunker, and they carry the local brand lures the big box stores don't. Plus, their live bait is always fresh and healthy. It's a small-town bait shop with big-time selection. So before you hit the water, check out Fat Cat Bait and Fishing Supply on Main Street in Trempolo. If you're a sports fan, you can't afford to miss the Dan Patrick Show on WKTY. There are athletes, and and big-name athletes, who would get so hyped up, charged up, that they would vomit before a game and then go out and play. But I remember being pre-game NBA and walking by a player who just arrived, and he didn't try to conceal the fact that he had been smoking pot. It was in the hallway as he walked in. And this is before the game that he's sparking up. And then all of a sudden, you know, we remember Jason, uh, Jay Williams said that he had teammates in Chicago who were getting high at halftime, which I don't know how that's possible that they're getting high with, you know, that a coach is not going to be able to smell what's going on. They have incense burning. Do they put like a, a wet towel under the door? Under their locker? Yeah. <laughs> uh. Don't miss the Dan Patrick Show, weekday mornings 9 to 11 on WKTY, 96.7 FM, 580 AM. WKTY 96.7 FM 580 AM. Welcome back to WKTY Outdoors. Brought to you by Tony Ryerson at T. CBRiverValley.com. Get the home or plot of land you've always wanted. Time now to talk a little bit about uh, some proposed rule changes that uh, are in the uh, the process of happening uh, in Wisconsin and Minnesota. And during the, the past week here, there were some hearings in Red Wing, Winona, and in La Crosse uh, that uh, talked about the rule changes and the need for uh, the, those changes to uh, for a, a number of different reasons here. I had the opportunity to talk to Jordan Weeks from the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources. He's the uh, Natural Resources Region Team Supervisor, uh, and he's kind of helping to coordinate all of this here with uh, the folks from Wisconsin and Minnesota. It was an interesting meeting. I, I certainly uh, learned a lot about... Uh, um, I guess the the health and uh, trends, anyway, as far as uh, different fish species uh, in the uh, in the Mississippi River. Uh, the long and the short of it is, uh, you certainly, uh, as anglers in Wisconsin and Minnesota, uh, have the opportunity to uh, input, give input on on these proposed changes, um, and. There is a survey, and we talk a little bit about it during the uh, the course of the interview. It's not a terribly long interview, uh, or uh, sorry, uh, survey to take, um, and it's it's pretty simple. What is there like? Uh, I got I got a copy in my hand here. There's 15 questions, so I mean it, it's not going to take you very long to do, um, but you just go to uh, um, just go to the, the Minnesota DNR website and uh, uh, Lake City Fisheries uh, and just Google up that survey and be able to uh, to do that. And one of the things, you know, they, there isn't a huge, you know, <laughs> the meeting in lacrosse was Thursday night of the Packer game. So, you know, there just wasn't a huge crowd there. And certainly uh, um, you can do it online. So that's the, the nice thing. 
Uh, you know, obviously, if you didn't get a chance to go to these meetings, and, and there were certainly uh, several people there when uh, when I stopped by anyway, but I got there about an hour into it there, but um, it was uh, um, the uh, um, opportunity to, uh, and let's see, what did they cover here? Uh, panfish, uh, white bass, uh, smallmouth, largemouth, walleye, uh, northerns, a number of different game fish that uh, uh, anglers regularly go for out on the river. Uh, but anyway, uh, it is uh, about a 20-minute interview, so I better get into it here. Uh, here is that interview with Jordan Weeks uh, talking about these proposed rule changes here on WKTY Outdoors. Jordan, appreciate uh, appreciate you taking the time to chat with me this evening about uh, the proposed regulations. I, my first question, I guess, is, what uh, what's prompting this change? What why are why is this being looked at right now? Sure, there's um, there's a few reasons why we're looking at regulations. First of all, um, and I guess they're not in any particular order, right. right? So, first of all, they haven't been changed in a really long time. Most of them over 25 years, mm-hmm. um, and it's always good to at least review regulations on a regular basis on a system. The second is we've been getting approached um, by a lot of anglers saying they think certain regulations aren't in line with their expectations. Okay. So we're always listening to anglers when they tell us that they don't like something or they think something can be changed. That's another thing that we're looking mm-hmm. at. And the third thing is, is uh, on the Mississippi River, while fishing tends to be really good, um, it's constantly faced with some stressors that aren't under our control. And the main one is sedimentation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... For certain species, uh, certain habitats are changed drastically by sedimentation. So we can't stop the sedimentation. We hope we can slow it in habitat techniques and whatnot. But in light of that, it's always good to look at regulations to see if we can try to improve fish populations going forward in the face of some of these stressors. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and obviously, yeah, those are some things that you just simply can't control. But it, it's, it's more than just simply changing the rules. Right, right. And it's it's interesting in fisheries, we only have certain bullets in our gun, mm-hmm. uh, so to speak. You know, regulations is our number one tool. Um, we can manipulate habitat, but on a system as large as the Mississippi River, it's really difficult to right. make huge impacts. Mm-hmm. Yep. So let's let's talk a, a little bit, too. And uh, just for, for clarification, you're working with folks from Minnesota as well to try to, to coordinate and try to... Uh, uh, make sort of consistent regulations sort of on both sides of the river. Right. Our main goal is to work directly with Minnesota so that it's it's uh, less confusing for anglers when they go out there fishing. We don't want them to have to worry about what side of the main channel they're on to know um, what rules they need to follow. Now, there are certain things we're not going to talk about at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, we plan on doing that in the future, uh, such as the number of lines that folks use. Um, in Wisconsin, you can use bluegills for bait. In Minnesota, you can't. Mm-hmm. Um, things like that. We are not discussing those in this particular round, but right. we will in the future. Mm-hmm. There'll be more collaboration between the two states. And- absolutely, absolutely. And and in the past, I can't really speak to what happened in the past, but because I wasn't here, mm-hmm. um, I just started a couple years ago. So we've we've got a really good working relationship with Minnesota. Um, we also have a really good working relationship with Iowa. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be working with them too to, to change some regulations. They just weren't able to participate in this part of the process. Yep. And and again, we're looking at at, at a number of different uh, species here. Uh, everything from pan, panfish to walleyes to northerns, uh, pretty much any kind of uh, any of the game, really the major game fish that are uh, that are sought after by anglers on the river. 
That's correct. Yeah, and and really, what we tried to do with this is is you know we were we were looking at all the species and which ones that we find uh, valuable, and really, it's all of them. Mm-hmm. You know, the major ones: the bass, the walleyes, the panfish, all of the all the panfish species, mm-hmm. white bass, uh, shovelnose sturgeon, and catfish. Yep. And those were all species that were brought to our attention from the public. Mm-hmm. And and those were some of the, the this obviously some of the species that anglers had concerns about in terms of the current regulations. Yeah, absolutely. People are really passionate about their fish. Whichever species they choose to chase, they right. they are really passionate about it. So that's a good thing. Yes, yes, and that that is that is good. It doesn't matter whether you're from Wisconsin or or, or Minnesota. Um, but let's let's talk a little bit about um, uh, some of the the proposed changes. Um, and I guess I'll just start with uh, with uh, with panfish first of all. Um, uh, tell me a little bit about uh, and, and maybe uh, in uh, let's maybe back up just a little bit with the the proposed regulations that talking about here this evening and at, at the meetings in this past that, that have happened this past week. How did you arrive at um, the proposed changes that you're looking at? Sure, that was a it was an interesting process, and we both departments sat around and uh, tried to contemplate our best way to do this. Um, we know, in general, our public meetings aren't very well attended, mm-hmm. um, and so what we ha- wanted to do was try to figure out what the public's perception of the fishery was, mm-hmm. and then what their ideas were um, for any proposed changes. And we didn't really we tried to make the the initial questionnaire. S- sort of arbitrary so we didn't try to lead them anywhere we tried to just get their responses and so we asked questions like um, how do you perceive the walleye fishing on the mississippi river Um, i think they were excellent very good good poor very poor were like the responses and so they would answer one of those and then we could assess what they thought about walleyes on the mississippi Um, we also asked questions about certain types of regulations minimum size limits maximum size limits protected slots one over and we tried to figure out if which one of those they the anglers preferred mm-hmm. um, and bag limits as well bag limits as well um, same type of thing mm-hmm. what's the lowest bag limit you would accept for walleye and we started at the current which is six because we know from our data we're not really uh, we don't have data to support that we can harvest more than six mm-hmm. so we started at six went down to zero and so we got kind of the threshold that anglers are willing to accept mm-hmm. And from that, we had about 850 responses on the first survey. Okay. Um, only 100 from our public meetings. Mm-hmm. We had five of them. Um, I think the largest was 40 people in Red Wing and six in Prairie du Chien. Okay. So um, we cut it down to three the second time. But the second time, or this round that we're actually talking about tonight, um, mm-hmm. came from that questionnaire. We took the responses based on the percentages, and we came up with regulations based on our scientific evidence that we had um not as much with the bluegill because we don't have a lot of modeling on a system as big as the mississippi river to suggest 10 or 15 but those were the most popular numbers Mm -hmm. that people came up with um one of the surprising things that we saw was that almost across the board the 850 anglers that we queried wanted to be more restrictive or more conservative with the bag limits Really, and and more restrictive with size limits. That wasn't something we thought was going to happen. Um, we also had perceptions of, you know, if we were talking about panfish, we thought that anglers would like a an aggregate bag, mm-hmm. where we would say you can keep twenty five panfish, and that would include perch, crappie, bluegill, and rock bass. Mm-hmm. And when you get to twenty five of a combination, you're good. But overwhelmingly, they 
did not want that, which was surprises to us. Okay. But so we took their responses, and then we looked at them, looked at our scientific data, came up with proposals, and that's what we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what and that's what we you've been talking about, or showing at the meetings. You've been showing all the data that that and, and research that that's been done uh, regarding uh, sizes, uh, bag limits, and things like that. And that's what the presentation has uh, has been this evening. Um, and certainly, uh, and it's it's great to be able to get that that kind of feedback. That I'm sure that makes what you guys have to do a whole lot easier than. Yeah, I mean it's it's a it's a good starting place for people um, and, and for us as a department because mm-hmm. we kind of before we go out and propose something that everyone hates, we kind of know that we already have support for some of these rules. Right. When we can back it up with our science, it's even better. Mm-hmm. And so let's let's kind of shift gears here a little bit and start talking about um, uh, some of the different uh, species that uh, that you, you talked about, and and I guess. Um, might as well start with uh, with walleye, and let's talk a little bit about um, what uh, what you're proposing uh, for that as well. Um, so explain a little bit about uh, about the proposal. Sure, for walleyes, it's a, it's one of our more complicated proposals, to be mm-hmm. honest with you, um, because pools three and four up by Red Wing, that's uh, Lake Pepin and upstream. Yeah. That's a significantly different fishery than what we see below there, mm-hmm. and so. Initially, the public wants one rule up and down the river, and that may be end up what we end up with. But our science shows pretty uh, definitively that pools three and four are different mm-hmm. than the rest. So what we did is propose a split river option, which okay. separates pools three and four with one regulation, which is a combi- combined daily bag of four walleye and sauger with only one over 20 inches daily and 15-inch minimum length on walleye. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for the lower pools, which are 5, 5A, 6, 7, 8, and probably pool 9, uh, we propose a combined daily bag limit of four walleye and sauger with only one over 20 inches, but only two can be sauger and a 15-inch limit on walleye. So in the lower pools, we have uh, concern about our sauger population in that it may be um, not as robust as the one in the upper pool. So that's what our data, our science showed us, and that's what we proposed that. But we also recognize that anglers like simplicity, mm-hmm. and so we came up with an option that would fit all of those areas um, for the most part. Right. So that option is a, we call it the all pools option, which is all those pools I mentioned before. And that's a combined daily bag of four walleye and sauger with only one over 20 inches and a 15-inch minimum on walleye. Mm-hmm. So it's basically a 15 to 20 inch harvest slot, one over 20. Okay, all right. And uh, I, I guess uh, it, just based on, on some of the meetings here so far, what kind of a reception has that? If you, if you if you can tell, if not, that's that's. Yeah, I mean it's 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 hard to tell because you you always have folks that come on both sides of the fence on this stuff. But um, I think most of the folks I talk to um, kind of they put it this way: it's about time. It's mm-hmm. about time you did something. Okay. Um, I think the perception is that at certain times a year, at least, there's overharvest of large female walleyes, mm-hmm. especially below some of our dams. Right. Um, whether or not that perception is driving any sort of uh, population level effect, um, you know, that is what our data is is for, and we have seen in general uh, kind of a steady, slow decline in some of our walleye recruitment numbers, mm-hmm. as well as Sauger. So 
this type of restriction should help protect some of those larger fish, being as anglers can only keep one over 20, uh, and the large female, the wa- mm-hmm. large walleyes are almost always female. Yep. Um, and so we want to kind of keep those in the population, so hopefully that will respond with the increase in recruitment. Okay. So that's the goal of it, um, and we will definitely monitor what mm-hmm. happens in, in the event that we change any of these regulations. Mm-hmm. And, and I will stress that these are um, proposals that we're looking to get feedback on. This isn't something that's written stone. Right. And anything that we move forward with will be on the Wisconsin Conservation Congress DNR spring hearings. Mm-hmm. So that'll be on April 8th, 2019, in every county across the state. Mm-hmm. And and the other thing, too, that uh, to, to go along with that in, in talking with you and some of the other folks, the earliest any of these changes would take place would be 2020 yeah january 1st 2020 it's kind of our timeline as far as uh wisconsin's rulemaking process goes and along those same lines minnesota has agreed has agreed to uh make sure that we put the regulations in concurrently mm-hmm. so wisconsin's not going to put them in one year and minnesota the next we're going to make sure they go in at the same time and that's why we say the absolute earliest could be january 1st 2020 mm-hmm. if something happens along the way because our processes are different, it may be after that. I sure hope not because it takes a long time, mm-hmm. but it could be. Okay. All right. Just so just so folks are kind of understanding the, the time frame yeah, here. Yeah, it's the a time. fluid process. Right. I mean, at, at any point, something could, could mm-hmm. throw a monkey wrench, which puts it back. Yep. Yep. Now, let's talk a little bit about um, some of the other uh, proposals here. Uh, and, again, uh, talking about... Uh, uh, a number of different species. Uh, northern pike. Um, just looking at some of the the, the data there. Um, I, I guess one of the questions I had too, uh, when it comes to to like bass and uh, and, and northerns, um, there isn't a lot of harvesting of those fish. People are catching them, but it's a lot of catch and release. Unless maybe it's a tro- trophy sized fish. I think. How does that How does that impact? I think that um, that's pretty accurate for bass, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have super great numbers on northern pike. They have some better numbers on harvest in pools three and four because they have a creel survey. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can tell you that northern pike, in particular, in the summertime, are very susceptible because they are they need a cool thermal refuge. So a lot of times they congregate in very small areas, um, miles of trout streams and such, mm-hmm. and if. If anglers get there and they want to harvest them, they can harvest an awful lot of the the larger fish because they need to stay in that cooler water to actually survive. Um, they are, you know, they're thermally intolerant of real hot water, yeah. so um, they can be very vulnerable at, at a particular time of the year. And that's really the impetus for a lot of changes: is certain species are vulnerable to certain things, and what we want to try to do is mitigate that vulnerability to per, to provide um, better fishing down the road. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so now let's just uh, uh, jump back to to, to bass as well. Um, what kind of proposals are, are we talking about here? We're not proposing to change anything. Okay, well, that <laughs> <laughs> easiest question of the evening. Though. That is, that is. <laughs> yeah, we we feel like the the current fourteen inch minimum is is doing a good job mm-hmm. of providing um, excellent bass fishing. I mean, I guess. Uh, Good evidence of that is all the the major tournaments that come to lacrosse area in particular. Um, the the bass fishing isn't quite as good as you get when you go uh, further up river, but right here right now it's it's pretty fantastic. We're not really um, talking about changing anything. And and I guess having said that, the 
we're not really proposing these changes because we think fishing is bad. And, and overwhelmingly, the responses for anglers is they think that the fishing is pretty good. Mm-hmm. But what we're trying to do is get out ahead of that curve and try to, um, you know, change some things in order to look forward in the face of some of the some of the impending changes that might right. occur to the river. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's uh, and and I, I we'll talk a little bit too about uh, uh, about catfishing as well. Uh, what uh, what proposals are you are you talking about here? Yeah, for catfish, what we're what we're proposing is a daily bag of ten catfish with only one over thirty inches. So really, what that does biologically is it allows you to keep ten channel cats if you'd like. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does with the one over protects the the flatheads, and we want to pl- protect the flatheads for a couple reasons. First of all, they're an upper level predator. Mm-hmm. Um, they're one of our they're our biggest predator fish in the river. I mean, they get over upwards of sixty pounds, which are mm-hmm. yeah. great and. You know, you want to have, you always want to have for healthy fishery a good number of upper level predators to help balance out different populations. Mm-hmm. Um, we were also approached by a, a pretty good number of folks that thought that harvesting 25 flathead catfish was way too much mm-hmm. in Wisconsin, which is what the current rule is. Yeah. So we addressed that in that one over 30, which would basically tell you you could keep one large flathead if you wanted to, or an extremely large channel cat. Channel cats generally, I mean, they do, but they generally don't get much over 30 inches. A 36-inch channel cat would be phenomenally large. Mm -hmm. So we're kind of targeting not really changing a lot, especially as far as Minnesota is concerned, because they have a 10-bag on catfish right now. Okay. And so that was another part of it, to try to match what they currently have. Yeah, to try to get in alignment with with what they're what they're doing as well and um uh white bass let's uh let's let's cover that real quickly as well sure what we're proposing is a daily bag of 10 for white bass uh currently it's 25 um and we've got really good data that shows a precipitous decline in white bass numbers throughout the river Mm -hmm. um we don't really know why that is um, but we have documented it multiple times in multiple different pools so um we just feel like we need to reduce this in order to hopefully protect that species and and keep it you know surviving in the river yep okay and um I guess let's see what else. Uh, what else haven't we covered here? We talked about panfish and northerns, and well, we didn't specifically talk about the panfish limits. So okay. with that, uh, the current limit is twenty-five of each uh, species, and what we propose is two options: either fifteen sunfish, crappie, and perch, fifteen of each, mm-hmm. or ten of each. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, if you like the current rule, you could go online to Lake City Fisheries and go about halfway down the page, fill out our online form. It says new online form for regulations. <laughs> it's really great. It takes about 10 minutes. Um, but if you don't like either, you'd vote no on both to keep the status quo, which is 25 of each. Mm-hmm. And again, uh, what uh, what are your surveys showing in terms of... Uh, um you know, is there over harvesting, or at times, at times, is there that over harvesting? Maybe not consistently, but like maybe ice fish during ice fishing season uh, and summertime. Maybe you know. It- well, there certainly could be those issues. Like I said before, we don't we don't do creel surveys in our area, so we can't get specific exploitation numbers. But what I can tell you on panfish is they have a very specific. Um, requirement in the wintertime. Mm-hmm. They need very specific habitat, which is a backwater overwintering area with water temperatures that are above, slightly above freezing and areas that have enough oxygen all winter right. and don't have virtually any flow. Mm-hmm. And if they don't have those conditions, they actually die. So those, it's, it's a time of year thing. It's a, a location thing and a habitat thing with panfish. 
while we have good pan fishing right now and we can catch very large panfish, the continued sedimentation of these backwater areas that are crucial for their overwinter survival, if that continues, we may be faced down the road with reduced numbers of those species. Mm-hmm. So what we're trying to do here is is reduce the number that folks take home that could hopefully buffer some of that as we move forward. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not impending doom. We right. don't have to right, you know right. get crazy, but I think it's a step forward, and it's progressively thinking about what could happen in the future. Mm-hmm. It's it's just yeah you're trying to be a little more forward, active I guess sure <laughs> sure maybe that's not the best way to put it but yeah I mean you're just trying to look ahead to what's going to happen in the yeah in the I'm trying to develop some sort of crystal ball where I can <laughs> see into the future lottery numbers will be my first thing there I'm we go yeah that's <laughs> well Jordan I appreciate uh, I appreciate you taking the time to uh, to chat with me here and I'll, I'll I'll let you get going for the evening here uh, is, is there anything else that uh, that we haven't touched on that that you would like to 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 talk about uh, regarding uh, the survey and and some of these changes. Sure. You know, I guess the thing that I'd like to stress is if you are listening to us right now Mm -hmm. and you are passionate about the Mississippi River, please go to Lake City Fisheries. You can just Google Lake City Fisheries. It'll take you to Minnesota DNR's Lake City Fisheries webpage Mm -hmm. and fill out our survey because we want to hear from you. We need to hear from you because... Without your support, this isn't something that's going to work. So we want everyone's viewpoint, whether you agree with us or not. That doesn't matter. We need to hear from you. Mm-hmm. Right now, we're I mentioned before we had 850, the initial surveys. Mm-hmm. Right now, after almost two weeks of having this thing out, or at least a full week, we're only at about, we're sub 200. Okay. So we really need to have a lot of folks fill this out. Um, it, it It's difficult to get the news out to enough people, Mm -hmm. but hopefully you reach enough folks with this radio program that we can do so. That's one of the goals of of doing this interview is to help get the word out and let people know about uh, uh, this survey and and to give their input. That's 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 what we're looking for. Whatever you think, you have the opportunity to write it down um, in association with any or all of these questions. So please fill it out if you uh, care about the Mississippi. All right. Well, Jordan, I appreciate your time. Thank you again for uh, for everything, and uh, uh, best of luck with uh, with the with the project. Thanks, Kevin. And that is uh, Jordan Weeks from the Wisconsin DNR, and uh, kind enough to uh, spend a good interview. I mean, we we, we covered a lot there, um, but yeah, it, and you know what? Uh, actually, during the uh, during the interview, um, I just you know Googled up Lake City Fisheries, the Minnesota DNR website, Lake City Area Fisheries. And uh, clicked on the link and did the survey, and it took five minutes. Um, I didn't add any comments, so if you want to, you know, it'll take a few minutes more. But um, yeah, I mean, it's really it, it just you know, it, fill it out, take the time, uh, fill it out, and and help with the uh, proposed rule changes here. And uh, the nice thing about the survey is that. Uh, you know, there is some back. It's not just the questions. There is some background information on the different species, uh, what the proposed regulations changes, and uh, it, there is some depth to the uh, to the uh, not the questions themselves, but uh, there's good background information before you answer each question. You can read up on that and get uh, get an idea of where uh, where things stand with uh, each individual species that uh, they're talking about in the survey here. So again. Uh, uh, go do that, and seriously, it, it will not take you very long at all, and uh, your input uh, is very, uh, very going to be very beneficial. So we'll uh, uh, 
Uh, we'll be talking more about this, I'm sure, as we get closer to like the uh, upcoming uh, hearings, uh, the spring hearings uh, next spring here, and uh, among other things. So uh, I've got to take a break. Uh, be back in just a couple of moments to wrap up WKTY Outdoors for this Saturday. Stick around. More's coming up on WKTY 96.7 FM, 580 AM. It's that time of year again, and the fish are biting. So where are you going to go to get your bait and fishing tackle? Well, I'll tell you where. Fat Cat Bait and Fishing Supply in Trempolo. They have everything you need to reel in that lunker, and they carry the local brand lures the big box stores don't. Plus, their live bait is always fresh and healthy. It's a small-town bait shop with big-time selection. So before you hit the water, check out Fat Cat Bait and Fishing Supply on Main Street in Trempolo. As a kid, you loved going to Grandma and Grandpa's house. It meant limitless exploring outside, running through the fields, playing in the barn, or a hike through the woods. They had the land. You roamed free. Get that freedom again. Talk to Tony Ryerson from Coldwell Banker River Valley Realtors. Land for hunting, farming, or timber, whatever you're looking for, Tony can find it. Make the smart investment. Get the plot of land you've always wanted and can finally afford. Your inner kid thanks you. Contact Tony at tryerson.cbrivervalley.com. Now at Menard, save big money in your next project with 11% off everything. Update your flooring with Tarkat. The Vibe Collection is 88 cents a square foot after sale price and 11% off. The Garrison Collection features a lifetime wear warranty, 106 a square foot after sale price and 11% off. Get 11% off everything now at Menards. Good through November 17th. Savings are a mail-in rebate. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. Save big money at Menards. Midwest Family Entertainment. Hear that? I know, it seems like it's way too far away. But the holidays are coming, and you need something super fun for your office holiday party. So it's not a snooze fest like last year. Invite us! We can bring games, sing karaoke, we've had dance contests, we've had companies put on skits. We dare you to surprise us with what you've got planned. We'll just help you up your game. Let's make this the best holiday party ever! Let's start planning. Midwest Family Entertainment. WKTY 96.7 FM, 580 AM. Welcome back to WKTY Outdoors, brought to you by Tony Ryerson at tryerson.cbrivervalley.com. Get the home or plot of land you've always wanted. Hey, I've just got about a little less than a minute here left to go in the program for the Saturday. I certainly want to thank Jordan Weeks and the folks down at the DNR office for all the information for the proposed rule changes. Again, take a couple minutes this weekend and fill up the survey. And it seriously, it doesn't take hardly any time at all, and you're doing a good thing. And it does not involve snow or anything. <laughs> So that's uh, there, there, well. There is a question about ice fishing. So I guess it kind of, sort of, but not really. But anyhow, uh, we'll be. <laughs> I'll be back next Saturday with another program for you. So until then, uh, have a great weekend. Have a great Thanksgiving, and certainly by all means, uh, if you do head out, uh, be safe. Whether it's hunting, fishing, just plain old outdoor recreating, make it a safe one. 
We'll see you next Saturday on WKTY Outdoors. It's 9 o'clock. Wisconsin Sports League. Touchdown! WKTY Lacrosse, 96.7 FM, 580 AM. Hey!